Welcome to the, the Midweek Debrief with your hosts, the London Bonnie and Scrambler of London. Welcome to the Midweek Debrief with your hosts, the London Bonnie and Scrambler of London. Here we are. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode one, which an introduction. Yes, let's uh, get to know the people behind the account. So you'll know me more than likely as London Bonnie. My name is actually Jed and uh, I can give you a sort of quick history into my biking, I suppose. I mean, where, where do we begin? Yes, yeah, so how old were you when you started biking? So let's think back. So I was probably about eight years old heavily into uh, BMXing and mountain biking and that sort of thing. As we all were. Oh, yes. We all had to start on two wheels somewhere. So my neighbour actually bought one of those mini dirt bikes, the little two-stroke, pull-start, twist-and-go, tiniest little thing. Probably comes up to your, your shin now. Um, what size engine? It's 50. 50, okay. 50cc yeah. two-stroke. Sort of like, me, me, me. Um, and he was like, do you want to come out and ride it? And I lived in the countryside back then. Um, and basically went out to an orchard he was like just jump on twist it and go so I'd never ridden a bike before didn't know what to expect lucky this thing was signed and powered because I just jumped on it and flew across the orchard at quite a pace and, we, and it was just twist and go no gears no clutch no 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 nothing easy 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 just jump on twist and go and cloud of blue smoke and you're away <laughs> it had uh, I think it was like blue and sparkly with sort of flame decals <laughs> down the sides um but that was my first experience of biking. That's where it all started. The bug. The bug. And then where where did that then lead? What 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 came next? Was well, it more more BMXing and and scootering. Yeah. And stuff? yeah. So I, I sort of stuck with the mountain biking and stuff through my teenage years, and then it was my neighbour again who bought um one of those pit bikes, essentially a Honda CRF fifty. Yeah. Um, but made in China, and it was a one two five or something. And um, same thing. He actually taught me how to ride pretty much. Took me out, went up to the orchards again, taught me the basics, clutch, pull away, going through the gears. And at first, he just sort of stuck me in second gear and was just like, just just do some laps of the orchard and get used to it. So um, I did that and I was going around picking up a bit of a pace. Came back down the orchard along this long straight and he was sort of standing to the right hand side of the path and he jumps out in front of me to stop. And it, this bike had no rear brakes. So you can imagine trying to stop on wet grass. Yeah. And uh, I just jammed a handful of front brake and the front end tucked. I went flying. The bike sort of tumbled over me in this uh, red blur and then sort of got up, dusted myself off. I had like a mountain bike helmet on, so <laughs> really inappropriate gear. Um, and I managed to dislocate my little finger Oh no! in the process. Oh, right. So I sort of sat up and it was at like a 90 degree angle and oh. stared at my hand like, oh, this isn't meant to be like that. Um, but it didn't put me off. You know, I've sort of had it relocated and had to pay for his bike to be fixed, but as soon as it was fixed, <laughs> I was back on it and riding around. So what was the first bike you actually owned? So the first bike that I actually owned was similar. It was a, a little pit bike, CRF 50 with like a 125 engine that I yep. bought from some guy quite cheap and sort of my friend's bike mechanic, so he helped me fix it up. And um, again, I just rode around the countryside and after school, that'd be the first thing I'd do. Push the bike out, kick it over and just f fly around the field. Um, great fun it had like a kawasaki livery and 
I thought I was the bee's knees. No, I bet, I bet. And then how did that then transition onto riding on the road and that sort of thing? How, yeah, how so um, for me, I felt quite comfortable because all I'd ridden really at this stage was smaller bikes, like the pit bikes. So the natural progression for me, I didn't want a scooter. I didn't want the twist and go two stroke mm. Peugeot speed fight with the loud <laughs> exhaust. Um, so I, I got a monkey bike. Like a, it was a Chinese copy of a Honda monkey. Um, it had like a 75cc engine. And then I bought it. It wasn't road registered. And I had to go through the, all the process of trying to get it on the road. And I couldn't actually do it. There was too much hassle. I couldn't get the details from the factory or whatever. Um, so I ended up selling that someone to someone for a project. And how old are you at this point? This point I was 16. 16 so I okay. was going to do my CBT on it and then ride it to school. Um, so that never ended up happening. And it was a year that sort of passed by. And I ended up getting a second monkey bike. This one was road, road registered. And um, it had a 140cc engine in it, 10 inch wheels, and it could do 75 with your head down on wow. the tank. Good effort. So it was it was nippy, and people always said to me, "How are you not scared riding this thing that's so small at such high speed?" And I didn't know any different, so I just rode it, and um, that was sort of my first experience of biking on the road from seventeen to eighteen. I had that bike, wow. and it was it was great fun. And then what came after that? So then I had sort of a bit of a pause from biking on the road. I, I did a bit of motocross here and there. Mm. Um, one of my friends had a, a Kawasaki. Uh, 250 two stroke that I rode a little bit a um, couple of 125s here and there but it was mostly just on and off motocross um, and then after that a few years have passed I got into my cars quite heavily mm. so I got into my cars and then probably let's think it was just as sort of COVID was coming to an end so 2021 2020 yeah 2021 summer 2021 finally managed to sort of get my start. I was going to, I was like, right, I'm 25 now. I can just go in and do my full DAS, get it all done, mod one, mod two, and um, I can ride whatever I choose. So I managed to get a booking. And yeah, it was last summer that I did it in sort of July time. And uh, passed that. And I'd already bought the bike the year before. Mm. So I, I bought a um, an SV650S, 2007, in like a candy blue, Really nice bike. Sounds amazing. <laughs> um, it had, of course, like the stubby carbon exhaust and power commander and a few little bits to it. Uh, so I thought it's the perfect. Everyone had said to me, SV650 is like a good first bike. Mm. Um, so as soon as I passed, that's what I was on for the first six months of my biking on a big bike, as it were. Yeah, fair enough. And then <clears throat> I guess where, where, where did the Bonnie come in? How did, uh, where did that start? So... I, I've always had a love for British bikes, just ever since I was kid. I always wanted a cafe racer. So when I was looking at sort of before the monkey bike stages, I used to look at cafe racers on Google Images and just save like whole albums of them in my phone of just bikes that I like Tritons and Nortons and old Triumph Bonneville's cafe racers and stuff like that. That was the dream. So when I could actually afford to go and get one and I had the license behind me to ride one, I thought now nah, it's got to be done. I've mm. got to do it. So last September, I happened to be looking, I was looking for either a, a Triumph Bonneville T100 or a Scrambler, uh, one of the air-cooled models. So I was looking, looking, and I happened to come across the bike which I ended up buying, which is like now the London Bonnie. Mm. Um, the famous bike. The famous bike uh, from a, uh, a guy in Barnsley. 
So he was actually local to Down and Out Customs, which did a lot of the work to the bike. And I got a train up there and rode this bike back and haven't looked back. Loved every minute of it. <laughs> there it is. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'll give you a quick brief yeah, intro. Yeah, let's hear your story. Yeah, yeah. Go on. So, I mean, the, the history of my biking is kind of somewhat patchy. I, I started riding off-road like pretty much like we all did um, well, from a young age. Um, and my first bike was a CRF 100 Honda. Good choice. Um, yeah, which is, I, I suppose it's when you're, when you're kind of 10, 11 years old, that is the, that is the go-to oh, bike. For a four stroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very friendly. My dad kindly bought it for me and um, we'd chuck it in the back of his car. We'd actually, we'd actually go down to Surrey and we'd oh, ride really? green lanes effectively. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was at this point that I hadn't realized that, yeah, we didn't talk about whether, I wasn't sure whether it was legal or it, we just no, we just you're broke. A kid, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I just absolutely loved it. And I've always grown up riding bicycles and scooters, you know, like yeah. BMXs and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the sort of natural progression, sort of as I grew and and, and got more confident on the bike, I then upgraded to a one fifty, yeah, and then eventually two fifty, um, and then started riding bit of enduro just yeah. very amateur very amateur um but but i absolutely loved it um did a few trips here and there um and then when i was i think it was i was 19 yeah i did my cbt okay and i'd always kind of thought about doing it you know when you turn 16 it's like it's your first, first thing. your first yeah. thought it's like right cbt scooter and Let's then go. the reality sets in that you can only get a 50cc at that age and, you, and then you look it's, at your options it's gutting, yeah exactly um so waited a bit 19 did my cbt and then bought the mutt mongrel 125 yes the um, famous mutt yeah which is um it was interesting i kind of i'd done a bit of research as this a classically styled 125s yeah this was back in um well it's 2019 at this point and and mutts were gaining in popularity yeah and i remember just seeing one for the first time and thought that just looks wicked yes as, as, a, as a little bike it's just like yeah i'll jump on that and off we go and so, <clears throat> yeah, picked that up and um, rode it around for, for a bit on, on L plates, sometimes without, depending <laughs> on who you ask. And, uh, and it was awesome. Um, but only a few months later, I went and spent a year living in New Zealand. As yes. And um, so I had to kind of, I stored the mutt. I found an underground car park and stashed it away. Um, and for my travels out in New Zealand, I had a, uh, I bought a Kawasaki Versus 650. Oh, smart. Which, well, you say smart, but it was, <laughs> it, 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 I'd actually read an article after I bought it that apparently it was in the top five ugliest bikes ever made. Oh, well. Which, I don't know, you, you have to look it up and, and, and see what you think. It was in Ducati red, so at least that was the best colour of, 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 of a bad bunch. But um, when you're that age, going from the 125 onto a 650 like that, you, you don't care what it looks like. It felt like a rocket. I loved it. It was, I had all the, I'd, I'd kitted it out with the, with the, with the, with the panniers, the sort of the hard case, yeah, yeah, yeah. aluminium panniers, um, strapped my bags to the back, all the kit, um, quarter oh, profit. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and, uh, and off I went and, um, yeah, and it was awesome and, and it felt like real freedom and, but to cut a long story short, four months later, I was out on a Sunday ride, bit of gravel coming around the corner, front end. Down I went. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Um, so the the sort of the Kawasaki was short lived, um, and actually for the rest of my travels around the country, I ended up 
um, driving around in a van, which still well, still worked out really well. Great learning uh, experience as well yeah. for your biking career. 100%. And I think it's interesting because we'll, we'll, I think in future episodes we'll, we, we ought to talk about crashes. Yes, it's, it's, no, I think it's an important topic. It's an important topic. As much We've as we all know, been there. We've all been there. And, and I think the first crash is a really interesting one because yeah. it's your first time you know, on tarmac experiencing what it's like to go down. Yeah. And the reality that sets in of, you know, oh, there's my brake lever across the road. There's this. Yeah. This yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good to, well, it wasn't good to tick that off, but yeah, yeah it was nice to have no, that I behind me. Um, <clears throat> so then when you came back to the UK. So back to the UK after COVID, um, I went straight to the underground car park when I got, uh, so recovered from the jet lag, straight yeah. to the underground car park with the mutt. I'd actually, I pre-ordered before I came home, I'd pre-ordered a new, a new battery. Cause I was like, this, this is the one thing. It. Yeah. New battery goes straight in, started up first time, little bit of choke, happy days. Oh. Rode it home. And it was actually the first time that I'd been on a bike since my crash. So it's been, it, it'd been about eight months. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little while. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't, <clears throat> yeah, I wasn't nervous getting back on, but it was slightly surreal. I was like, Whoa, yeah, we're back on. Um, but then, you know, just off I went and, um, <clears throat> It was interesting because this is now this is 2021 um mm. <clears throat> at this point and covid is very much still a thing and um as you well know it's through the mutt coupled with covid that, that my instagram account was born yes and um I'll, I'll quickly tell the story for, for those that don't know um and it's basically i was living in london still am and <clears throat> the mutt was was really my my it felt like my escape yeah, and I think COVID was really tricky for everyone, and I think if you if 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 one didn't have an outlet of some sorts to to, to get out of the house, and needed do something, something, yeah, yeah. it's really tough. And for me, <clears throat> apart from work, that was my way of getting out and 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 exploring and and, and feeling somewhat free. Yeah. And so I was riding along, I'd, I'd go out for for short blasts and just cruise around the city, and and it was surreal because, as you know, the the streets were empty. It was empty. It was completely. I, I had a push bike. Uh, during COVID, this was before I did my my bike test. It was beginning of twenty twenty one, and I bought a push bike for my girlfriend and I, and we went out into London, cycling around the centre of London, just for it to be absolutely dead. Was no one anywhere. We got the tube a couple of times, and you just be on those long escalators and just see no one. It was quite a surreal thing to be in the city at that time. A hundred percent, and especially on two wheels, um, yeah. on the road, and <clears throat> you know, so I'd be out on rides, and and there was one particular time where I was cruising along. And um, I didn't have mirrors on the bike. I don't for those. I don't really have mirrors on any of my bikes. <laughs> I don't know. It's a sort of slightly <laughs> running joke, but I, I don't really know why. Um, but anyway, the blues light up behind me, oh. and the siren. I thought, oh no. And um, you know, it was an X5. I get pulled over by the Tate Britain, and I thought, oh no, here we go. And the officer comes over. He says, right, um, you know, stopped you. Da-da, where are you going? What are you doing? Um, and I said, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just out riding my bike. Yeah. And it was very much, I got the impression was like, go home, you know, unless you're doing do, something unless essential, you're, unless you're working. Oh yeah. You can't be, you can't be out just joy riding. Um, so I went home I thought, oh, right, I need, I need a reason to be out on the bike. Yes. And so I thought, right, what I'll do, I'll start this little account. I'll go to certain locations in London, which are um, conveniently deserted. So I can park my bike in front of Trafalgar Square or yeah. Savile Row yes. or... And then take photos, and then if I get stopped, I can say I'm working. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a photographer, or I'm a whatever. And 
never got stopped again, uh, yeah. which That's is good, which is gutting, but also quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Because um, <clears throat> I was quite ready to say, oh, you know, I'm working and all that sort of thing. Um, and then I guess yeah, everything kind of grew from there. So then from there, when did you look into getting a Triumph? Well, so pretty much the Triumph Scrambler 900 air-cooled, air exhaust has always been the dream. From yeah. and, and not really from like way back when I was a child, but more from when, once I'd got the mutt. Okay. And, and because naturally when you start riding, you then experience more stuff, and you get riding and you see yeah. people and other bikes and you notice it more. And I remember one day I was coming home from work and there was a lot of traffic through the sort of residential streets of Southwest London. And I come around a corner and there's a guy standing with his Triumph Scrambler 100 in black, our exhaust, yeah. TKC80s, and he's smoking a cigarette and he's just washed it. So it's, you know, it's kind of dripping yeah, with water. Yeah. And it was the summer and like dry, dry roads, but sort of puddle around the bike. And I was like, whoa, there it is. That's it was the, the bike. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd seen it in the spec that I was that like, you wanted. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And um, so I, I, I pulled up alongside him. I wound down the passenger side window. Mm. And I just shouted out in kind of excitement. I said, I was like, mate, that is, that's my dream bike. And he was like, cheers, man. Yeah, that, you know, cool. <laughs> and um, and he was kind of, yeah, really nice guy. And uh, and then I was getting honked by a kind of plumber van behind me. You know, God, uh, yeah, it was rush hour. So I had to keep going. And um, and that night I was thinking, oh, so gutting. I wish I'd stopped properly and asked him about the bike. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then coincidentally, <clears throat> it was literally the next day that I was, in the gym in the evening and I spotted him on oh, one of the Scott racks or whatever. And, no way. And there he was. And so I went up to him and I said, are you the guy with the Triumph? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I was the guy that stopped. Yeah. And so we got chatting, we exchanged numbers. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and we went for a ride. I was on the map, he was on the Triumph. And I remember just cruising behind him and hearing the, the crackle, the crackle of that. And, and, and it was, it was at this point where I was like, it had gone from, I need one of these to, I will have one of these. Yeah. I ha have to, whatever has to be done. And so I still, still on a CBT at this point, the next summer did my license, got the, you know, all the steps, yeah. all, all the steps done. Um, you know, we know the drill, we sort of have to just do it. Yeah. And then, um, I've been saving up and knew exactly what bike, you know, what spec yeah. I wanted, etc., and just ever so conveniently passed my test. One popped up, called up Destination Triumph, and were like, "I'm coming, I'm wicked," and uh, and that was it. So picked it up, and I think it was at that point that you had also bought your bike. It was the the timing. Yeah, was, it sort was, of it was coincided. I mean, this could sort of follow on to how we met. I yeah, I think we we ought to tell that story. So yeah, so I was. Uh, let me think. Beginning of September. I'd actually happened to, I know the date because it's actually one of my good friend's birthdays. So it was September the 12th and uh, I was on my SV and I just dropped my, my girlfriend. She did one of those rollerblading rides through London. So I dropped her off and I thought, you know, what, I'll go to the bike shed and just chill out, have a, have a tea and uh, watch the bikes come in and out. Now I didn't really know anyone there at the time. I'd only been there a, few, a handful of times. Mm. So I thought, you know, what, I'll phone my friend up. It was his birthday. I'll get him to come down and we'll have a meal together just, just to celebrate. So he's on his way down. I'm just sitting at a table for two, waiting, and then watching the bikes come in. I see this mutt come in, loud on it, leather jacket, Belmoto 3, cruising to the car park. So that was quite smart. It does sound smart. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, funny you should say that. So he comes over and he sits at the table for four, just across from me. So, excuse me, can I uh, 
grab that table because I've got some friends coming. Can we just switch? Yeah, no problem. So sure enough, it was yourself and we just hit it off from there, didn't we? We just started chatting about bikes and sort of exchanged Instagrams and planned like a ride. Um, yeah, because I guess <clears throat> you were obviously on your SV, I was on the Mutt and I think we had, because I said to you, I, I said, I think I've got a, I found a Scrambler. This yes. is what I want to yeah, buy. Yeah, yeah. And I think you had also said, I think I found a Bonnie and this is what I want to yes. buy. And it was, it was then, that, only was... a couple of weeks later that, that, we yeah, them. this this was the time when I'd just started looking for a Triumph. So I'd been looking for a couple of months and I'd found the one and I think I was talking to you about it. Mm. And I remember when I was getting the train up to look at it, sort of messaging you yeah. on the train, going to view it, almost there, giving you hourly sort of updates and then picking this bike up and coming back down with it. And I think it was only a couple of weeks later that we went on our first sort of official ride mm. on the Triumphs together. And we went, was it Greenwich we went to? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, It was one, one evening. Went to Greenwich. Yeah, yeah that was that was seriously good fun. That, the, the beginning of, of, of many rides. Yes. Um, A lot of stories to tell. No, indeed. Um, and so once you, because once you bought your Bonnie, you, what was the first modification you made to it? Do you, did you start modifying it straight away? Or? So I had it. Looked it, quite, it looked quite different when you bought it, better to what it looks like now. Yes. Yeah, it was a completely different bike. It was more um i suppose brat style it had those victory tt classic like the firestone mm. cross ply style tires on it um big headlight with the great yellow lens mm. tracker bars I, I liked it good looking bike from the get-go but it wasn't exactly because i was looking at a scrambler or a bonneville because i wanted the scrambler style mm. i wanted to be able to do a bit of off-roading and um go to some of these events that we can talk about another day but um it's sort of probably from the first mod actually was in the first sort of week and a half um it was new barring mirrors because i just the, the ones that were on it were just disgusting so they had to go <laughs> so new barring mirrors and then from there it just it was always going to be a never-ending project of just changing bits and pieces until i had it how i want it even now it's still not how i want it there's still mm. a lot in the pipeline that i've got planned for the bike um, it's, it's funny that isn't it when you know when you have a dream for what you want your bike to be and it's not quite there how it's it, you have that feeling of, sort of restlessness yeah you, you want to get it to that place and i think it's interesting because when i bought the scrambler there were instantly it was like it needs a new seat new tires it needs this it needs that and it's funny because i almost it sounds ridiculous saying but i couldn't properly enjoy it until yeah. i felt like i'd done made my mark you, you make it. it yours you yeah. make it your bike and uh there's still some aspects of mine like the paint i mean it's recognizable now by its paint but I feel like it's not exactly what I want mm. and it's still not 100% my bikes until I get that done and then I can feel like right okay but that's but I suppose you're in a tricky situation because you get a you obviously get a lot of messages of people saying I love your paint and the, yeah. the tank is great this and... is the thing I mean I get people funnily enough I was at the bike shed today just grabbing a tea and a guy came up to me and said, oh, I saw your bike in the car park and whatever we had a, a great chat um, so there's that aspect to it so I mean what are your thoughts on the next mod for yours well i mean for those that don't know when i bought the bike it was it was more i mean wasn't quite stock it had it had a few extras didn't it yeah it had a few a bit sort of just really like bolt-on extras um you know it had some motor and indicators you know those bullet ones yes that, that inevitably get water inside yeah. them and then rust yeah <laughs> um it had had you know, it had the original rear mud guard, but then the motor and tail tidy on the mud. It, it was things like that where yeah. it just it needed it needed tweaking. And so, 
I got it booked in at Dirty Cats in Putney. Dirty oh, yes. Cats Customs. So yeah, Phil, Phil who works there. Oh, I had a chat with him. I said, this is my idea for it. And he said, yep, perfect. And um, I guess this was sort of stage one, a very kind of light custom work. You know, it was yeah. new seats, tyres. Um, I, I got the, the motor gadget indicators fitted. You know, the there's, pins. There's the pins. Yeah, they're really bright, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're fantastic. Um, and um, what else did I get? Kind of grips and... Um, oh, what else? It was. It was just, just starting lo- lo- the yeah, process. Yeah, mo- lo- lots of motor and stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> sort of main, mainly cosmetic stuff. Yeah, and I also, I, I suppose the main the main adjustment was I put Hagon shocks, raised uh, raised shocks. the rear up. Yeah, um, because I felt like stock it was just a little bit low for me. Okay, because because I think I'm, I was about to six foot two, and I think if yeah in it in its stock form, it's just a just a touch. Yeah, too low. and I remember actually you saying a while ago that it was also quite spongy. Yeah, standard shocks quite yeah. bouncy, hundred <clears throat> percent, and and you yeah any speed bump it was bottoming out. Yeah, so I yeah stiffened it up a bit, and especially with you know having pillions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's nice. good to have a bit more uh, of a firmer spring. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, <clears throat> and so other than that, it hasn't really been in into the shop for much custom stuff, other than servicing and yeah. light bits here and there. It's 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 sort of how I want it. Um, but. I guess as we've talked about in the past, you, it's a sort of it's, you can go down the rabbit hole of thinking what's next, what's next, what next, what's this, and 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 you obviously ask me that a lot, and it's quite easy to get drawn into that. Yeah, exactly. And because there's always an endless list of parts that you just have your eye on, and you know what you want it and how, when you've got to do it, and but that's it, isn't it? That's it. So, so um, yeah. So I guess uh, my scrambler is uh, it will stay stay how it is for for the time being. I mean, it's a good-looking bike. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it's going back to what I was saying earlier about this was the dream set up with how I wanted... I mean, that's how it is now. Yeah. And um, and it's lovely because also, you know, I get a lot of messages from people saying, oh, dude, that's my dream bike. That's my dream... And, and that's really lovely because that's how I felt exactly, before yeah. I had it. Um, and so I almost feel like I owe it to my younger self not yeah. to fiddle with it too much more. Um and, you know, obviously we've talked about how, you know, maybe a new exhaust or, you know, something slightly yeah. more custom, but Bits then, pieces. yeah. Because are you planning a new exhaust for your bike? So this is sort of... Oh, are we allowed to, can, can we say we, we can cover this, we can cover this. So I, I've got a tech two into one system on the bike at the minute. It came with the bike. It's just one of the parts left on it that I bought it with. And um, it's a great exhaust. Don't get me wrong, but for the style of bike that I'm going for, I feel like I need to have a high level exhaust. Mm. And I'm aiming, it's more inspired by that 1960s desert sled yeah. aesthetic. So it's got to be high level pipes. So that is the next thing for the London Bonnie. It's wow. high level pipes. So when, when, when can we look forward to seeing that? Well, I think it's going to be in the new year sometime. In the new year, okay. Because I feel like running around in the middle of winter when the roads are getting salty, and if I fit a new exhaust, it's just going to get, it's going to get ruined. Mm. The salt's going to eat away at it and it's, not ideal so i think i will have to obviously put up with that at some stage in the future but it will definitely be in the new year that we see a new exhaust on the bike yeah well well that'll be very exciting i think um yeah because your current one is it rattles quite a lot doesn't it and 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 backfires yeah well what's happened recently is uh 
I mean, if you if you have seen me riding around and you see the bikes, it's backfiring all the time. Mm. It's because it's just blown out one of the gaskets from the head. So it's currently got no gasket in there. So it's a bit loose. Um, but that's why I need to sort of get it sorted ASAP. So I'm thinking gaskets first, keep running around on the, the two into one. And then in the new year, look at getting the whole new system. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. And um, why don't you tell the audience, because I think it's actually a really cool story about how how old your bike is, how many miles it's done. Yes. I, I think I think it's a lovely way. And because you had that message from the original owner, I think it'd be nice to tell that story. Yeah. So it was only really sort of a few months into having the Instagram account and it started growing mm. and getting uh, maybe at about 10K followers. And I had a guy message me and he was, hey, I see your bike. I'm the original owner. And wow. I, by original owner, I mean the owner before the person I bought it from. Mm. So he'd got the paint done and he'd done a few of the mods, but it was a completely different link. He'd had it from standard, essentially. From a standard Bonneville T100. Really? Huge mud guards and the, the chrome badges and everything. Um, so he gave me a bit of backstory to the bike and what he'd done to it. And it's quite funny because it was originally a Scottish bike. Oh, really? So it sort of made its way down the country, all the way to London. And um, having a chat with him, trying to get some history, because the bike has covered... A substantial amount of miles. Yeah, what's what's the what's the mileage? So it's it's estimated to be about seventy five thousand miles. Yeah, it's a and good it's, effort. It's it's a lot of miles, but it just keeps ticking on. It's a two thousand five, so it's the last year, one of the last years they did them in carb form. So it's got twin carbs, um, air cooled, and it just it's just happy. It's a happy bike. It's interesting because the kind of mileage seems to be such an important topic when it comes to buying new second-hand bikes and um it's amazing because you know i get messages from people saying oh i'm looking at buying this triumph i'm looking at buying this whatever it might be and they say yeah. oh it's got you know eight thousand miles do you think that's a bit too much and i think people forget that you know certain engines like one people get one. hung up on mileage quite yeah, a bit exactly so i think maybe maybe that can be it's almost a whole nother that's another topic. rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll go into that about how, um, you know, these engines are almost far more capable of, of, yes. of the mileage than you think they, they People might. don't give them credit for what they can do. They're so understressed. Mm. That parallel twin is just, it's a great unit. Um, but that's, again, another topic for another day, I think, because we can really go down the rabbit hole with that one. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that leads us on quite well to talk about just ever so briefly, you know, what the plans are for this podcast. Yeah. Um, because obviously this has just been an introduction, so you can get to know the two of us. Yeah, know us a bit uh, better. Yeah, exactly. And and sort of get a bit of a backstory as to how we got started and, and, and to sort of where we are where we are now. Yeah. Um but I guess this will be the this is the beginning of, of the midweek debrief. This is and, it. And uh I think <clears throat> it'd be worth just mentioning sort of how how we got the name the midweek debrief yeah it, it's how it, it came about exactly and um what i'd say is that when when jed and i met we are, are we were united by our love for bikes yes and once you got your bonnie and i got my scramble it was like done and um over the last over the last year it seems to be mostly on wednesdays <laughs> that we <laughs> have wednesday. that we'd meet up and and, and we just talk about the week. week yeah and and you might say you might talk about your, your one of your commutes in the morning and and, and how you've yeah had, just maybe... experience we've had on the bikes throughout mm. the week and any other stuff that we've that's happened to us throughout the week just and just, just have a general catch up yeah 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 so I guess <clears throat> the idea with the podcast was that it would just be a natural progression from that so we'd be having our 
weekly catch up in more of a formal way. Yeah. And I think it's lovely because if I think back to the times we've met up and to, we've spoken about so many different things, we've discussed so many different aspects of biking and lifestyle and culture. Um, and I think it's such a nice opportunity to to sort of spread that a little well, bit Well, yes, yeah. it's a lot of conversations you have and you only, when you look back at it and you think, hang on a minute, if we'd actually recorded that conversation, mm. people might actually enjoy listening to it. Yeah. So we're just here to share our views on biking, I suppose. Yeah. And take any views from the audience as well. For sure. And um, so I guess it will be, we'll be releasing episodes weekly yes. from, from now and um every wednesday i guess every wednesday the midweek the midweek and uh we will there'll be an opportunity um at the end of each episode for a q a um and so through instagram and other channels we will provide the opportunity for you guys to send in questions um which i'm sure you have yes definitely and uh and we'll do our best to answer them um and so yeah we, we really look forward to, to hearing what you guys come up with on, on that and, and make it sort of collaborative in that in that sort of sense and um, to, to lead on from that we are going to have a dedicated instagram account to the midweek debrief so a lot of news updates for the podcast will be going on there anything that we've got planned will be going on there um so it'll be a good stream of content to follow and yeah just to keep in touch with us yeah for sure um so yeah, this kicks it off. This kicks it off and wraps it up, I think. Cool, cool. Well, on to next week then. On to next week. And that's been the Midweek Debrief. Thanks Thank for listening. Cheers. Thank you.